It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day, every day, every day. We have a lunatic named Chris Russell that works for this radio station. I'm yeah, sure I know that guy. I'm sure you're familiar. I was just curious what your opinion is on him. Well, <laughs> never really liked Chris. Yeah. Really, anybody at the media at all, everybody who shreds me in the media, I'm not a big fan of. But the, No, Chris has always been pretty fair. I like Chris. All right, what's going on, guys? We welcome you aboard to another Victory Monday edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 122. I am Chris Russell. Great to have you with us. And hope you all had a great weekend. Look, it wasn't pretty, but it ended the right way in many different accounts for the Washington Redskins. And away we go. The Redskins have won... 67% of their football games so far this year. Out of their nine, they've won six. They're six and three. And because the Philadelphia Eagles lost at home on Sunday night football to the Dallas Cowboys, so a little sweet and sour there, if you will, a little, um, you know, you got to take one in order to get one. With both of those results at the Redskins at six and three and the Cowboys finding a way to win on a short week on the road in the cold in Cleve in in Philadelphia the Cowboys are four and five the Eagles are four and five as well and what do you know the Cowboys had the head-to-head advantage over the Eagles so they're technically in second place but you know who has the head-to-head advantage over the Dallas Cowboys, yes, that would be your 6-3 and three Washington Redskins. And I went to Buffalo State College, so my math might not be as sharp. 6-3 and three versus 4-5, and five, that's a two-game lead with theoretically, theoretically more than a two-game lead because of that head-to-head advantage. So essentially, you kind of look at it as like a two-and-a-half game edge. Eh, That might be pushing it a little bit, but you get my point. It's more than just two games because if the season ended today, which of course it doesn't, and the Redskins and the Cowboys have to play on Thanksgiving, the Redskins would have the head-to-head advantage, and therefore, if they finish tied, the Redskins would win out ultimately. You get my point. Still a long way to go. The Redskins win in Tampa 16-3 on Sunday afternoon. Listen. We all know it was far, 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 far from pretty, right? So let's start with the offense here on the Lockdown Redskins podcast uh, and get through it as quickly as we can. Listen, Alex Smith is what he is. For the fourth consecutive win in a row, the Redskins quarterback passed for well under 200 yards. That's right. The fourth consecutive win in a row. He passed for well under 200 yards. 19 of 27, a touchdown, no pickles, 100.5 rating. Listen, he did some good things, especially the touchdown drive. There is no doubt about that. Accuracy pretty good overall on the day. He also did some bad things or not enough things. The one bad thing is the egregious, egregious misfire. Overthrow, wide, whatever you want to label it as, of Vernon Davis, who was so wide open. 
uh, and had broken free on a great corner post move. And you just got to hit that. And this is not the first time, as we all know, that the Redskins have had a wide-open receiver. And Alex Smith has not only missed them, but missed them badly. And that's a big, big, big problem when you look at the statistics of this offense, when you look at Alex's numbers, when you look at the lack of production on this offense, it's a huge problem. Those opportunities are there. Alex would have hit that. That would have been, you know, at least 35, 40 yards, maybe more. And maybe it would have turned out to be more points and we're all feeling pretty good about themselves. Now, another problem with the offense, as we all know, and as we've been stressing week after week after week since we took over this podcast, is the penalties. Jonathan Cooper, starting his first game, playing his first game with the Redskins at left guard, just signed on Monday. He had two penalties. One of them wiped out a 40-yard screen catch and run by Capri Bibbs. You know, again... Alex Smith would have had much, much better numbers if not for those two particular plays that we just isolated. So, again, we can say the numbers are what they are, and they are. Uh, They're not good enough, 19 of 27, 178. But if you look back and if you think about it, if he just is more accurate on the Vernon Davis play, and then if the Jonathan Cooper penalty doesn't wipe out a 40-yard catch screen and run you know, then the numbers aren't as bad as they seem. But they are what they are, right? I mean, you you know, your record is what it is. You are what you are. I know that gets thrown around a lot. The Redskins are 6-3, and three, and they won this game 16-3. to three. And this is with subpar performances by the entire offense and certainly the quarterback. Moving beyond that, Alex Smith, I thought, was really, really, really good on the touchdown drive. Not only the touchdown itself to Josh Doxson, of course, he bought a little bit of time. He hopped around a little bit in the pocket. Uh, he extended the play just a little bit. It wasn't a true extension, but you guys get what I'm saying. Um, you know, that Alex did what he had to do to buy a little extra time and, again, to get himself in a good position where he could throw accurately and a seed to the back of the end zone through some traffic on a third down and five. And Josh Doxson did a good job not giving up on it, coming back towards the middle of the field instead of having to make it an even longer throw to the back corner of the end zone with even less wiggle room. He kept his feet inbounds initially. Remember, the television broadcast said, oh, wait a second, he may have stepped out of bounds. There was some confusion, maybe a hat on the field, what have you. Ultimately, there was no reason uh, for worry as Josh Doxson came up with it. I mean, he did bobble it just a wee little bit, but a six-yard touchdown on third and goal from the five-yard line is a huge hookup. Now, right before that, Alex Smith, the first play of the first fourth quarter on second and 14, runs and scrambles for nine yards because nothing's open, and he gets all the way down to the six. And what I like about this was he didn't take a big hit. He slid down. He said, okay, that's enough. I've got nine yards. I live another day. Third and manageable. Boom. Great job by Alex Smith there. Now, that was the first play of the fourth quarter. The last play of the third quarter is why the Redskins got into some of this trouble. Adrian Peterson was strung out for a four-yard loss on a run. We're going to get to more of Adrian Peterson, but what you should know is that was a constant theme all day long 
that the Redskins, as usual, and this happens three, four, five times a game, uh, I counted five times on Sunday where they took a negative yardage run on first down. And that drove, and correctly so, Jay Gruden absolutely nuts. Now, right before that, and again, we're spending more time on this drive because I think it was very important, Alex Smith hits Jordan Reed down to the Tampa Bay 11-yard line for 12 yards. That was on a skinny post, and it came two plays after the pass on third and nine into Tampa territory, deep into Tampa territory, for a 20-yard gain to Maurice Harris. Now, we know what kind of game Maurice Harris had last week, right? The 10 catches, 124 yards. This week, not as impactful, but this was a hell of a route by Maurice Harris. Kind of dipped under traffic, kind of curled back and came back towards the football Secured catch, boom, perfect on third and nine, 20 yard gain. And it was a rifle from Alex Smith, a seed. And when you've combined these two throws, the one to Harris and the one to Reed, and the one to Harris more impressive than the one to Reed, the one to Reed on a second and seven, but it was what Reed did on that particular route. And creating that separation off of, again, the skinny little inside move, along with other moves that I saw him make throughout the game. Remember early in the game, he isolated Brent Grimes and a better throw gets it and hits Jordan Reed for a big game? Well, Jordan Reed, as we've said a couple of times now, is starting to run routes like Jordan Reed, like primetime Jordan Reed can. He's this close. If he can find a way to stay healthy, he's this close. So the Redskins got that touchdown. It was their only one of the day, and ultimately the only one that they needed. Um, Look, they ran as a team for 116 yards. Peterson, 19 carries, 68 yards, a long of 18. Uh, I think he had one penalty, uh, one carry wiped away that would have added more to that total. Capri Bibbs had a huge third and... Uh, five conversion, third and six conversion, great block on the edge perimeter by Morgan Moses. He had three carries, 28 yards. That was a 15-yard uh, run for Capri Bibbs. Plus, don't forget, Capri Bibbs also had two catches for 13 yards, but had that 40-yard screen wiped out. Alex, we mentioned him uh, setting up the touchdown, two for 16, and Maurice Harris had one for four. Listen, all in all, the Redskins offense, not good enough. You cannot survive long-term in the NFL like this. They need more production. They need to stop shooting themselves in the foot. They don't turn the ball over. We know that. The offensive line, all things considered, was pretty good today. Uh, On Sunday, I should say, pretty decent run blocking. Not great. As we mentioned, negative runs on first down, a big storyline, and that hurt a couple of drives, a couple of big penalties. Morgan Moses had a couple. One was very, very, very soft, and that cost the Redskins a golden opportunity to punch one in for seven, and instead they had to settle for three. But all in all, I think the Redskins offense, we see it every week, has many more opportunities than their bottom line raw numbers would indicate. If you watch these games, if you watch these games closely, you see the opportunities there each and every week. You see blown opportunities, and you see a team shooting itself in the foot. If they can ever get this straightened out, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. 
I, I'm telling you, they'll be fine. Now, that's a big if, but they'll be fine. So that's where I kind of just hope that we can kind of come together and realize that it's not because they're completely pathetic. It's not because there's no creativity or ingenuity. It's not because there are no opportunities. It's not because they have no chance. It's because they're killing themselves, quite honestly. They're killing themselves. And as soon as that gets corrected, even half of it gets corrected, the Redskins will be still a, not a great offense, but they'll be a decent offense. They'll be capable of scoring between 20 and, say, 24 points most weeks, which is right where the league average is, 23 points something. It hovers. All right, so that's the story on the offense. When we come back, we'll get into the long and interesting winding day for the defense on Sunday at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Again, the Redskins are 6-3. and three. They win 16-3. It is a victory Monday edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. You can get a hold of me at Russellmania621 on Twitter. At WrestleMania621 on Twitter. You can email me, WrestleMania09 at gmail.com. And don't forget to check on Locked at Locked On NFL Net, at Locked On NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram for all sorts of great NFL coverage from all of our correspondents, including me, right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. But first, guys, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Well, your company can be mentioned right here and right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcasts. Our demographic is 98% males and has more education and earning than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast, Locked On Redskins, and the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Email me at russellmania09, that's R-U-S-S-E-L-L-M-A-N-I-A-0-9, russellmania09 at gmail.com, and I'll get you all the details. All right, guys, we welcome you back. It is the Locked On Redskins podcast, a victory Monday edition, episode number 122. Thanks for being with us, and good to have you aboard for another week right here. Um, and we take you through this 16-3 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Redskins improved to 6-3. They're two games up and clear, and really more of the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East as the Cowboys beat the Philadelphia Eagles. On Sunday Night Football, both of those teams now 4-5, and five, but again, the Redskins 6-3 and three, and have the 2-plus game advantage, let's call it that, over the Cowboys. The Redskins host the very good Houston Texans this Sunday at FedEx Field. That is not going to be easy at all. 
in any way, shape, or form. That is for sure. Houston off of their bye week. So maybe you catch them a little bit rusty, but they've won six in a row. Uh, we'll get into that game, obviously, as the week goes along. We'll have lots of good coverage for you there. All right, let's get into it on the defensive end. Listen, uh, the defense, there's no other way to say this. Um, the defense outside of the red zone was absolutely brutal, absolutely awful. They gave up 500 and one total net yards of offense, 501. Six of 10 on third down, Tampa Bay converted, and they ran 67 plays for an average gain of seven and a half yards per play. Just for context, the Redskins averaged 5.2 per play. Now, they ran a lot less plays, 12 less, 67 to 55, but just to give you some perspective. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers even got over the 100-yard mark rushing. They're not a good rushing team at 103. And passing, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 398, so just shy of 400. Now, here's the problem. Tampa Bay absolutely was the most atrocious, hideous, disgusting, putrid, throw-up-all-over-themselves offense I've ever seen in the red zone on Sunday. There's just no other way to say it. Fitzpatrick finishes 29 of 41, 406, throws two picks on the first drive. Josh Norman, they're moving the ball. They're inside the red zone. Boom, interception at the goal line. A nice acrobatic play by Josh Norman, who comes up with a big play, and boy, does he ever need it. And then on top of that, as we move throughout the game, you have Greg Stroman picking off a pass from Ryan Fitzpatrick, stepping right in front of the receiver. That sets up a field goal. Uh, Stroman's first interception of his NFL career. The Redskins also forced two field goals. A chip shot 30-yarder missed by Chandler Catanzaro, who misses so many easy kicks, and also misses a 47-yarder, and that was because of a terrible snap on third down. One of the Redskins' few third down stops, they really didn't do anything, quite honestly. Again, Tampa was 6 of 10. Well, this was one of them, one of the good ones, I guess, and it went the Redskins' favor on that snap and as well on the missed field goal from 47 uh, because Tampa lost probably 7, 8, 9 yards, whatever it was, uh, because of the bad snap and the recovery. And the ball went wide right from Catanzaro. And if that play is, or if that kick is from 38 instead of 47 or something like that, maybe 40, maybe that goes in. You never know. Uh, ultimately, it wouldn't have mattered in the final score. But again, maybe the game takes a different note at that point. Instead, it was gloom and doom for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In addition to that, a third turnover. Uh, this one was back inside the red zone. The Strowman one wasn't. But a third turnover created by the Redskins. And this was the most interesting one of the day. The Redskins looked like they're getting carved up like a Thanksgiving turkey like they did most of the day. And Jacquez Rogers is running down the middle of the field just inside the 20. And Ryan Anderson never gives up on the play, comes from behind and just tomahawk upward punches the ball out of Jacquez Rogers' hands, and the ball goes flying all the way into the end zone, and it's a touchback as it's recovered by HaHa Clinton Dix. And it's just amazing how Anderson punched this ball out and how far it went and that it fell right to the Redskins in the end zone. Think about it. 
he could have punched that ball out, and if it goes right to a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, it's a touchdown. Think about that margin and what a great play that was and how unlucky the Redskins could have been because it could have gone for seven. Instead, it takes potential three, potential seven off the board. But that's how the game works sometimes, right? You get breaks, you don't get breaks. Preston Smith had a sack, a first sack of the year. Also, on the same play, a forced fumble by Preston Smith and Ryan Kerrigan, who recovered the fumble. Remember how they combined against the Dallas Cowboys a couple of weeks ago for the sack, forced fumble, and recovery for a touchdown? Well, there was no touchdown here, but there was the sack, the forced fumble, and the fumble recovery by the Redskins' two edge outside linebackers, Preston Smith and um, Ryan Kerrigan. A couple other plays that I wanted to point out, Matt Ioannidis with another sack that's now 7.5. This was interesting because... The Redskins chose to go second and 13 instead of first and 20 because Tampa also had a holding call on the day, or on the play, I should say, and Jay could have taken the holding call and backed them up and made them go longer in yardage, but he knew his team was struggling to stop them all game long, and why give them extra downs so he took a little less yardage Ioannidis gets the sack. He took it at second and 13, and the Redskins got off the field and forced a field goal on that particular um, on that particular drive. So that was a really interesting decision and a good decision, as it turns out, by Jay Gruden. One other defensive play that I wanted to point out. Yeah, it was underthrown, but Danny Johnson gets beat on deep coverage, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, again, has it. And if he just lofts it just a little bit more, it's a touchdown. Bahaha Clinton Dix comes racing over from the middle of the football field and knocks away what, again, could have been, should have been a surefire touchdown. And that's part of the reason why you went out and got a ha-ha Clinton Dix, especially with Monte Nicholson banged up. Uh, he got injured in this game. Uh, and again... DJ Swearinger just being better, not in deep coverage, even though he's capable of that, being better in the box area and being able to lay the lumber and lay some licks. And if you also go, one other defensive play that I wanted to point out, Swearinger on a third down play in the red zone again, jumping a pass, I think it was intended for Cameron Brait, uh, the second tight end of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was a really good read, and he knocked it away and, again, forced a field goal uh, attempt, and that was the one that they actually missed. By the way, speaking of tight ends, the Redskins have done a really good job this year uh, against them. Did you realize O.J. Howard only had one catch for 15 yards, and Brait, yeah, he had a drop, one catch for 14 yards. The Redskins have historically struggled terribly against tight ends, uh, I mean, for years and years and years now. And with the result of Sunday's game, the Redskins have done such a, 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 a better job against tight ends all year long. Ultimately, they've allowed three touchdowns. They've now allowed 42 catches, and they've now allowed 379 yards. Uh, we don't have the updated rankings in terms of where that's going to place with all the teams not having played the same amount of games, so we'll wait until Tuesday. But here's where it ranks. I'll tell you this. It ranks in the top 10 in the NFL. Uh, and again, this is a 
noticeable improvement that the Redskins have not been getting killed by tight ends. They've got to get the tackling better. They've got to do some things better, and there is no doubt about that. Clearly, the cornerbacks are leaking major oil, and they are getting beat, and they are getting beat badly. They're getting beat by underneath stuff. All that's There's a lot of things to fix. The secondary is by far the weakness of the Redskins' defense, but they've done a really good job against tight ends. They came up with some big turnovers when they absolutely had to, and they were very Bill Belichick, Patriots-like in the red zone, forcing field goals, getting stops on third down, allowing a lot of so-called empty yards, and coming up big when they absolutely had to. We'll take a quick timeout here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. We'll come back and finish it up with a note on the special teams on this Victory Monday edition right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. First, guys, let me tell you about my bookie. My bookie is slammed with new betters, and they want to give everyone the best service possible. So I'm urging you to go to my bookie right now if you want a little bit of action. In-game, live betting over-unders, fantasy points scored, the most rewarding player perks in the business. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play. On deposits over $100. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar if you use the promo code. Now listen up here. If you use the promo code locked on 25, if you use the promo code locked on 25, and you go to my bookie online today, that's M Y B O O K I E, my bookie, and use the promo code locked on 25, you get and create your account, you get the extra $25 for replay by using the promo code LOCKEDON25. Also, when you create your account, you can claim up to $1,000 in free play. It's up to you guys. Uh, I'd wait until after you have a little dinner, your tummy's happy, and then your bank account can be happy if you go to my bookie and tell them Locked On Redskin sent you. All right, guys, we welcome you back. It is episode number 122 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Quick note on special teams. I, I Again, you guys know I sp- talk about special teams all the time. Uh, I think Ben Kotwika has done his best coaching job. I mean, it's easier to say that when there's been success at the two main positions in terms of Tressway and Dustin Hopkins. But once again, Hopkins on Sunday does a very, very good job. We told you about Chandler Catanzaro and his struggles for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, missing two out of three field goals. Well, Hopkins makes all three of his field goal attempts, two from 43 yards uh, apiece and one from 26. That gave the Redskins their final score uh, of the game off of that turnover and that interception. 
that we mentioned by Greg Stroman to make it 16-3. to Hopkins, very good uh, in terms of the field goals all year. I think he's only missed two, if memory serves me correct. Uh, there may be a third one that I'm not remembering, but I'm pretty sure it's two. And the Redskins get a big performance out of Dustin Hopkins down in Tampa on Sunday. Now, Tressway, we've talked about this before. Tressway's first two or three games wasn't very good. He was down at the very bottom in terms of gross punting average. He just, it just wasn't looking good. Since that point, Tressway has been awesome. He's probably been the team MVP. Five more punts on Sunday, a 49.4 average, a long of 58, and four punts downed inside the 20, including one downed inside the five. Just tremendous stuff out of Tressway. It seems like his accuracy, it seems like his placement, it seems like his ability to draw and his ability to boom when he needs to is all clicking together over the last four or five games. Tressway, monster, monster performance. Still no run game or no return game to talk about. No punt returns uh, on the day. One kickoff return by Danny Johnson for one, uh, for 19 yards, I should say. Uh, the coverage on the punts and the kick returns, they had five touchbacks, so that was good by Hopkins uh, on the five opportunities that he had. And Adam Humphreys only had one punt return for eight yards so again the special teams uh contributing and you could make an argument nobody else will i will because i'm right that in four out of the five games that the redskins have now won in this stretch here four out of the last five that they've won that special teams is the best unit out of the three main units uh i would make that argument and i i, I did make that argument and i believe that uh, nobody else will agree, but you can put that in the bank. Uh, I'm telling you, if anybody knows football, they know that special teams has been very instrumental to the Redskins winning four out of these last five games, especially with the offense struggling as it has. And now the defense the last two weeks in a row, again, even though they didn't allow anything in the red zone, they do allow four, 501 net yards. Coming up tomorrow on the Locked on Redskins uh, podcast, we're going to do this. We're going to spend time on Josh Norman. Uh, yes, he had the interception, but he also had some very, very controversial comments after the game in Tampa and then via Twitter when the Redskins got back home to Washington, D.C. in the Northern Virginia area. Uh, it's a very critical take amongst the fans and the booing and the FedEx field atmosphere. We don't have time to get to it today because the game uh, takes so much of our attention. We're going to save that for the Tuesday edition uh, and episode number 123. So we're going to do that, uh, then give that some chance to breathe, maybe get some other reaction. Maybe Josh will say something uh, to reporters on Monday at Redskins Park. We'll have to wait and see how that all plays out. So we will address that, but do do know that we are more than aware of it. And I got to say, I'm very disappointed um, by Josh Norman's comments, but I'll expand upon that on the next version of the Locked on Redskins podcast. That's going to do it for us on a Victory Monday. Great to have you with us. Again, check it, check me out at WrestleMania621 at WrestleMania621. You can email me, WrestleMania09 at gmail.com, WrestleMania09 at gmail.com. Also back on Twitter, check out Locked on NFL Net at Locked on NFL Net on Twitter and on Instagram for all of your national coverage from the Locked On Podcast NFL hosts. Uh, and we will see you 
again on Tuesday for episode number 123. The Redskins are 6-3 and three in first place in the NFC East as they have been for the last five weeks and counting. Thanks for being with us, everyone. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.